Blue Ridge School? The answer might surprise you. While our headmaster Trip Darren oversees the operation of the school, he has to report to a boss just like the rest of us. On the show today, we'll meet that boss, the chair of the Blue Ridge School Board of Trustees, Mrs. Jill Kalinske. Jill just began her term as board chair on October 24th of this year, and we'll hear from her about what she hopes to accomplish in this new role and what the Board of Trustees actually does and how they work in partnership with the school's headmaster. My second guest on the show today will be my own boss, the headmaster of Blue Ridge School, Trip Darren. He'll talk to us about the relationship between a head of school and its board of trustees, and he'll also tell us about one of the most exciting major projects that's underway at Blue Ridge, a project that will transform the campus over the next few years as we build a brand new dining hall in the space that's currently occupied by the library and a brand new 21st century library in the space currently occupied by the dining hall. This is episode two of the Inside Blue Ridge School podcast. I'm your host, Pete Bonds. Thank you for joining us. All right, Jill Kalinsky, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me, Peter. So you're on campus today uh, for the Blue Ridge School Board of Trustees fall meeting. And today's a big day. You're about to take over as chair of the board. How are you feeling? Well, I'm uh, feeling probably nervous enough. I think there needs to be some little adrenaline and a bit of fear going into this because it's a tremendous, a tremendous trust that's being handed to me Absolutely. and the board. I think sometimes we faculty, teachers, and, and students alike, we see the board of trustees show up and we always hear, oh, the board of trustees is coming. And um, these people show up and they look very important. Um, but a lot of us don't really know what you do. A lot of us don't know what function the Board of Trustees plays at, at Blue Ridge School. So for someone who doesn't know what the board does, would you mind just sharing a little bit about the work you do? Sure. Well, the looking important part, we work really hard at. So that, <laughs> that takes considerable time before we come through the gates. The, in short, the, the board for Blue Ridge School is a corporate board, so it is the institution under, under Virginia law. Um, we are the corporation, and the board runs it, and we are under the Articles of Incorporation for the Blue Ridge School. Um, effectively, what that means is we do everything necessary to carry out the business and affairs of the school. Um, probably the most important thing we do that impacts the the life of the school and uh, what is Blue Ridge, Blue Ridge is known to be is we select ahead of a school. That is our, the most important thing that we do. In addition, we approve and evaluate his performance, his compensation. Um, and so without that piece, really there is no school. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so he, mm -hmm. he is the president of the board mm -hmm. as well and is an ex-officio ex member there. Additionally, we approve an annual budget for the school. Um, we try to do that. Uh, we, we have a calendar for approving that and as part of that, we also approve tuition and we've tried to do that in three-year increments so that we can plan more effectively. Um, we also handle any uh, property issues that come up and handle all financial dealings of the school. So you're the boss. Well, um, 
Yeah, that's kind of scary, <laughs> but the, <laughs> together with the board, yes, I am. And, right, we and, all think Mr. Darren's in charge, but it turns out he's not. Oh, well, no. Uh, for you, he's in charge. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Well, tell us about how you got involved with the Board of Trustees at, at Blue Ridge. Um, you've had a son graduate from Blue Ridge School. That's probably how you first got involved um, with this place. But what led you from being a parent to becoming now the chair of the Board of Trustees? Absolutely. So yeah, Sam was a graduate of 2013 and had three great years here. We call it the th coveted three-year boy. Um, and during that time, the Parent Association was going through some transformation. And because I wanted and my husband wanted to stay as connected as possible to our Sam's high school experience, I got involved there. Um, and I believe it was his junior year, we started looking at restructuring the Parent Association um, in a way that would uh, come alongside the mission of you know the mission of, of the school, so that the activities that we did for the boys uh, were maybe less kind of what that current parent association president would like to do, and more collaborative with the faculty and staff. And so we were structured, um, and we had parent delegates, and you still see that now. In fact, they've improved dramatically on what was started, I guess now about seven years ago. Mm -hmm. um, so I got very active in that and through that had a great lens into the governance of the school. So I got to meet not only my son's teachers and advisors and coaches, which was most important, but also got to see some of the uh, institutional uh, philosophy and kind of looked at together with Tripp and with Franklin at what the possibilities are there and what was appropriate parent engagement for a, a boarding school. Seems like a lot of board leadership comes out of the parent association. Yeah, you. I mean, I think it's a, it's a great entree. Um, firstly, we want happy parents. We want happy families. Right. And if you, you're, when your son is here, you grow very passionate about the mission of Blue Ridge School. Um, you see its effect on your son. And so it becomes personal, it becomes family. And my hope is to give back and to make this experience possible for future generations of boys. Absolutely. So it's a trust to hold, protect, and to strategically guide. So for all the parents who are listening to the show, <laughs> think about maybe one day <laughs> getting on the board of trustees. Absolutely. And we'll getting involved with the Parents Association, too. Absolutely. Start by getting involved. Absolutely. Um, so as you take over today, what do you feel most excited about? What are you really looking forward to as you begin your term as board chair? Absolutely. Thank you. Um, I'm really looking forward to the teamwork and to developing, especially at our executive committee level. And the executive committee is our standing committee chairs, which would be finance, buildings and grounds, uh, governance, and external affairs. And so we have uh, chairs who will also be elected today and are probably feeling uh, a bit of nervous themselves who will lead our committees. And most of our work we hope to get done at the committee level because there we have staffed those groups to be knowledge knowledgeable about that content area. And what I hope to see is greater collaboration across those committees so that we can do an effective job of uh, planning for our board meetings and using, we're only here on campus three times a year. Mm -hmm. So this time here together is really 
special and precious. And we want all of our uh, trustees to be able to operate at the very highest level so that we can have the strategic, strategic conversations to, to ensure the mission of the school for future generations. What's your interaction like with the other trustees? I mean, throughout the year, are you talking to them? How do you build a relationship with them? How do you build a rapport with them? How do you, how do you become a team of people that functions well and works well together when you all live so far apart and you only see each other three times a year in person? Well, hopefully I'll have a better answer for that in three <laughs> years. Um, but we do talk a lot on the phone. Um, we're all volunteers. So we all have full-time lives, full-time jobs um, outside of the work that we do for Blue Ridge School. So coordinating a conference call time is tricky. Um, obviously, planning well in advance certainly helps. But the executive committee moving forward will be talking about every six to eight weeks so that we do understand what the left hand is doing and we, we know what's going on across the committees. Uh, there's some email. A lot happens by email. Uh, we're not as high-tech as the kids. We don't have Snapchat groups or anything <laughs> like that, that going on. Um, you know, there's probably other technology out there that could facilitate what we do, but we're pretty strictly conference call mm -hmm, and email. Mm -hmm. Well, that's good. When you think about the challenges Blue Ridge faces over the next, you know, year, five years, ten years, what do you see as the things that we really need to think carefully about and that pose potentially threats to the school? What is going to uh, make running the school and fulfilling our mission difficult um, in the near future? Sure. Um, in some ways, the long term and the short term are the same. It's about attracting mission appropriate boys to the school. So filling, uh, it, it's, it's the enrollment. Um, we are in a market, uh, the Association of Boarding Schools says that the number of uh, boarding students decreases every year, so we're, we're trying to buck that trend. Uh, and more recently, we're facing a shortage in international students. Mm -hmm. And we don't expect that to, we expect that to, even if it changed tomorrow, it's probably a three-year span before we realize the implications here. So it's not necessarily unique to Blue Ridge, but what is unique about Blue Ridge is we know the type of student that we're looking for. And we have an outstanding admissions and enrollment team that has a great conversion rate. If we get the boys and their families to campus, this gorgeous place, especially mm -hmm. in fall, um, is a huge selling point, and our you know our faculty and staff and the the you know the project based learning the other things that we have going on here for co curricular, it's a huge draw, and our admissions team and the faculty and staff do a fabulous job of selling that. So the biggest threats you know are in some ways not unique to us. Mm -hmm. It really has to do with the overall boarding school market and what's going on in, in the international student mm -hmm. market as well. Well, it's definitely a unique place, an amazing place, and a special product, certainly one that doesn't exist anywhere else. So I think if we just get that message out there and the more people know about Blue Ridge, you know, the more students will enroll, the more faculty will attract, the more students will retain. So it's, a, it's an exciting time. And that, that's absolutely true. And I think for all those listeners out there, that the best thing you can do is refer boys to Blue Ridge School. And that is actually another area that we're going to be working on with the trustees, because that's an important part of what we can do uh, to support the school. Sounds like a great initiative. 
Um, tell me about your relationship with the head of school. How closely do a board chair and a head of school work together? Do you talk every day? Do you email every day? Do you just let him kind of do his own thing and check in occasionally? Um, that's a super important relationship, obviously, for a school. Uh, tell me about that. Yeah, absolutely. The relationship uh, of the board to the uh, the chair to the the head of school is absolutely vital. Tripp and I attended a Virginia Association of Independent Schools workshop this summer, right before our June meeting, and the presenter there, uh, kind of tongue in cheek, said that you know he he met one chair who, at the beginning of every board member, asked the question, "Well, are we going to fire our head of school today?" Because he said, if you have a head of school that you believe in, then you turn over the operational side. That is not where the board should be. Mm-hmm. So since that meeting, jokingly in some of my emails with Trip, I was like, oh, you know, I've decided you're hired today. <laughs> you know, but it, it, there's a truth there, and we laugh because I think a lot of times where that relationship derails is the the trustees and especially the chair start questioning the day to day operations. Mm-hmm. We have a tremendous leader here in Trip Darren. He has led the school to new heights. Um, we are doing remarkably well as a school. So he needs my unwavering support, and he has it. Um, so part of developing that relationship is trust. You know, you work through things that are hard. Uh, you have opportunities before you as a school that you might not necessarily agree on the direction. So it's really important that I know that I'm hearing from him what he really thinks and that he's hearing from me what I really think. And if we start off far apart, then we take the time to get the information to work toward a decision. And that's really been effective for us. Um, It's also important that the trustees uh, are concerned about his well-being and his family's well-being. So, because this is a very, I mean, for all of our faculty out here, the quadruple threat, it's an enormous task. I'm substitute teaching right now, mm-hmm. and I'm a, barely a single threat. <laughs> so, <laughs> I have a growing appreciation for what it takes. But the enormity of, you know, Tripp's role as president of the corporation, head of school, uh, leader of faculty, uh, you know, leader of students, and being our face to the outside world, he needs our unequivocal support, um, and, he, and he does have it. So we talk every two weeks. We have a standing phone call. Um, we usually each submit agenda items so that we know what's on each other's mind, and then we, you know, he always starts with letting me know what's going on campus. I'm only two and a half hours away, um, but I do not want to be out here in the middle of campus, you know, with people thinking I'm spying because that's not appropriate mm-hmm. for as, uh, the, uh, any trustee, much less the chair. And if something comes up in between, you know, text, email, so far it's working really well and I'm the chair-elect for another few hours. So right. <laughs> I think we're off to a pretty good start. Yeah, well, there's a lot of exciting work ahead, <laughs> it sounds like. Um, that's all great information about the board. Uh I think a lot of people will enjoy hearing and and learning what the Board of Trustees actually does. Um, Tell us about what you do when you're not on the Board of Trustees. So, you know, you mentioned substitute teaching when you're um, not working with TRIP, when you're not working with board members. What are you doing? Well, so there's the substitute teaching position um, that's off and on, and it's mostly with our parish school in Washington, D.C., 
Um, before that, I had spent some time, um, about six different trips, uh, going to leading, taking adult teams to uh, Camp Moria in Lesbos, Greece. It's a hot spot uh, for refugees. It's about six miles off the coast of Turkey. And the purpose there was to give a personal account of that story of our world and the masses of my, uh, refugees who are fleeing out of Syria, Turkey, Afghanistan, um, and and to open a dialogue. You know, there's we can read different things in the media and we can see things, and that's all useful and helpful. But there's nothing like going and witnessing an event like that in the history of our world to change hearts and change the conversation. And the goal is that those same people will come back and influence their circle with, you know, a name, a face, and a personal story. Mm-hmm. So that's been ongoing. Um, additionally, I just for fun, I love sports. Uh, Sam was a three-sport athlete here. His younger brother uh, was a baseball player through high school and is now uh, on a college team. So I'm a I'm a great watcher of sports. I used to play a little bit when I could uh, was a, l- a little more fleet of foot. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we as a family, I I would say if you were to. Uh, capture what we do for fun it's sports and watching mostly well and your washington nationals are in the world series right now hopefully absolutely. by the time this podcast makes yeah. it out into the world they will have won absolutely. the world series absolutely out into Knock the world wood. yeah yeah fin- finish the fight has been um the mantra and it's it that's been usually october we're just disappointed because we had high hopes and we you know lose in the first Uh, around the series but you know this year we're still watching and that's awesome well best of luck to them jill kalinsky thank you so much for being with us today it was great to have you on the podcast mr bonds thanks for the opportunity all right my next guest on the show is my very own boss, Mr. Trip Darren. Welcome to the show. Thank you for being here on the Inside Blue Ridge School podcast. Thank you, Pete. Uh, excited to be here. I'm excited you're doing this this year. I think the podcast idea is a great one. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun so far. Um, Trip has been the headmaster at Blue Ridge since 2012. Lots of stuff has happened uh, since then. We've built a new athletic complex. We've built new faculty housing. We've hired a lot of great teachers. Um, And all of that has happened because of your leadership and vision, uh, but also because of your work with the Board of Trustees. And we just spoke with Jill Kalinske, who's the new chair of the board, about her role at the school. And I was wondering if you could talk about um, how that relationship works from your end. What is the relationship like between a head of school and a chair of the Board of Trustees? Mm. Well, I think, um, probably goes without saying, but I, I think that you have to have a relationship that's, that's based first and foremost on trust and respect, a uh, high degree in both of those categories. Um, but I guess what's come to me over working now, Jill Kalinske is actually the fourth board chair I've worked with. And, you know, I, I've come to realize that you have to really, in a, in a way that I hadn't suspected in advance before becoming head of school, um, you have to really prioritize the relationship. It sounds funny, but you have to actually, you know, more than, more than with most kind of working relationships, you have to kind of think about how, how, how you foster a relationship that, that develops, um, I would say, a deep understanding over time. And, I, and for me, that means very regular communication. J- uh, Jill and I, like uh, Mitru before her, uh, we speak at least once a week over the phone. 
probably two, three times a day by email. Um, and, and also you've got to, within that I guess, um, is both the board chair and the head have to kind of make themselves supremely available to one another. Um, literally, if she calls or texts or emails, I drop what I'm doing and prioritize that. And I think she does the same. Um, and I think that that, that kind of regular communication uh, leads to a stronger relationship and leads to kind of, a, kind of a chemistry building, I guess. And how about all the other members of the board? I mean, there's what, like 18 of them yes. or maybe even more than that. How, how much do you interact with them? Do you, do you talk to them regularly too or is it mainly just the chair of the board that you work with? Sure. I definitely most closely with the board chair, but I speak with members of the board pretty regularly, um, especially members of the, of the executive committee, uh, probably at least once a week. I'll seek someone out on the board uh, for some, their expertise. Uh, talk about a facilities project and I need David Townsend's uh, you know, advice on how to handle that. Uh, talk about the budget. So I'll, be, I'll call, call Kevin Jones. Um, so yeah, at least once a week I'll be speaking with someone other than the board chair. But then also I send out a monthly report to the full board. Um, and there are committee conference calls and things that I attend on a pretty regular basis. Sure. What do you think are some of the strengths of the school's board of trustees? What do they do well? Wow. Um, well, this, this board is, um, I would say that their, their greatest strength is, and I, you know, I haven't, I've, I've worked with boards now, this is my third school board. Um, this one more than the others that I've worked for, um, they have a real, they have a real deep love and affection for Blue Ridge School. And they, and they, you know, almost all of them are either alums or parents of alums. And they, so they have kind of a, their own experience with this school. And that, I guess they, they care about this place at a really deep level that is, I think, unique and is a strength. Um, this board also has a really good diverse skill set. We have, we have people who are lawyers, people who are bankers, people who are school heads, et cetera. I think they, have, they offer a good diverse skill set as well. Sure. And, and I imagine there must be some challenges that come with working with the board of trustees, especially when you've got, you know, maybe 18, 20 different people mm. spread out all over the country. Mm -hmm. um, what are some of the challenging aspects you face in your work with them? Gosh, I guess on the, on the more um, mundane level, yeah. I mean, it is, it is getting folks, I mean, they're very busy. So getting, getting these very busy people on a, on a conference call to do a, to talk about a topic or to meet if there's a vote. Um, but I guess, you know, probably the biggest challenge in a good way, I think, is trying to inspire them. You know, you have to, I, I try to think of that way. I mean, they're, this is their volunteer work, right? They, and, you know, you could, you could easily just kind of phone it in and be a, be a very inactive member of the board. But to kind of inspire the level of activism, activism and involvement that we want in our board is a challenge. I mean, you have to kind of... I think, make it, make the work of a trustee interesting. Sure. And one of the things that's definitely inspiring right now and that I wanted to ask you about is this big project that is going to kind of transform the campus over the next couple of years where we are um, completely renovating our dining hall and it's actually going to be in the space that uh, is currently the library and we're going to build a new 21st century library in the yeah. space that's currently the dining hall. Um, how did that project come about? Is that something mm. that the Board of Trustees really wanted to see? Is that something that you really had to go to them and advocate for? Or was it something you developed together? Sure. Funnily enough, this project actually came out of the 
long-range planning process we did when we created the Blue Ridge School 2020 plan. Hmm. So about six years ago, really, we, we did an extensive surveying and talked to a lot of constituents. And a lot of folks thought that we needed to up our game when it came to food service, first and foremost. And so uh, fundraising for and launching a capital campaign to support a new dining hall was in the, the current five-year plan. Um, then, though, when we, when we started to, f to think about um, what, that, what, that, what the next dining hall might look like, we, we really needed a place that, that would allow our, our catering service, Sage, to offer not only better food, but also a more diverse type of food. We have kids from all over the world, all over the country, so we wanted to kind of cater to varying menus and cuisines. Um, so we needed a kind of a, a, a space that was thoughtfully designed for that. The current kitchen is is in is not in good shape, and, and we knew that 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 was not going to suit us going forward. Mm -hmm. um, but then when it was actually, uh, I believe Jay Atkinson, who who had the the brilliant idea of thinking about Williams Library uh, as the next dining hall, and then when that idea kind of came to more fruition, we realized, hey, we could we could almost like revitalize two major facilities with one capital project. If we, if we swapped, you know, made mm -hmm. Williams Library be the next dining hall and then Loving Dining Hall be the next library. Well, the plans for it look really exciting. Yeah. Um, I've seen some of the markups already and both spaces are going to be fantastic for, for our students. Um, how much is this all going to cost? <laughs> uh, well, we have only preliminary estimates right now, but we think the two facilities, both the, the next library and the next dining hall, can both be done uh, for uh, about two and a quarter million dollars. Very good. And where does all that money come from? Does that come out of tuition payments? Does it come out of donations that people make? Does the board of trustees pay for all of that? Uh, nothing comes out of the, the budget. So nothing comes out of tuition or, or anything that... Um, is related to the operating budget. Uh, and so we are, it is a capital fundraising project. We, uh, Franklin Daniels and I, with Jay Atkinson and many others, are sort of leading fundraising efforts trying to raise that entire $2,250,000 for the project. Uh, and to your question about the board, yes. Um, the board, as with any major capital fundraising project, they set the leadership example. Um, and that was under Mitch Ruse's tenure as chairman. Uh, and he led, to, he led the board to uh, raise over $400,000 towards this project as sort of the first big statement about, hey, this is a, this is a big thing that's very important for the school. Mm -hmm. Let's set the example. Very good. All right, we're going to switch gears a little bit sure. right now. Uh, I want to talk to you about work okay. and about bosses. That's okay. kind of become the theme of today's show. Uh, I interviewed your boss, Jill Kalinske. Now I'm interviewing my boss. Uh, so I wanted to ask <laughs> you some, some rapid-fire questions about uh, work and bosses and your own uh, history in the workforce. Are you ready? Yes. All right, so these would be short, short answers. Okay. okay, who was your best boss ever and why? I would say... Andy Vadney and Sawaya Takase. Why were they your best bosses? Andy Vadney was a visionary. He was very fun to work for. You, you, he would, when you went to him with an idea, he would only encourage you. He was the yes and kind of guy. And this was at South Kent School. South Kent School. Sure, right. sure. And how about the other gentlemen? Sawaya, he was my boss when I was a teacher in Japan. Um, he just, he had my back. He was very, you know, 
I was this, you know, young American moving into rural northern Japan, and he helped me kind of get settled, helped me learn the ropes of what life was like there, and I worked for the Board of Education, and he helped kind of usher me through the politics, and he just always had my back. Supportive, awesome guy. That's great. Uh, On the flip side of that, who is your worst boss ever, and Um, why? That's a tough one there, Pete. Um, Uh, I would, uh, you know, there, I won't mention names because I, you know, you never know who listens to these podcasts. But uh, my, um, the, the, my boss, when I worked, uh, Karen and I worked for Luanda International School for two years uh, before coming to Blue Ridge, and uh, that uh, the head of that school was not the best. Uh, kind of stayed in his office and just wrote, I got wrote emails all day. Understand? Don't have to say any more about that. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> how about your first job? What was your first job ever? Ever? Like, not, like, like not, not post-college. Like, ever? Like, ever, yeah. My first job ever, I was uh, a janitor in a church. Okay. I, I swept floors and mopped floors and, and cleaned up. Very good. I'm sure and, that'll and, teach you a lot. Yes. And then, I, actually, I parlayed, I parlayed that job into being a busboy at the New England Clam Chowder House. Oh, uh, very good. And how about after college? What would you say was your first <laughs> sort of... Maybe serious job Come or on, hey. career career related job. I learned a lot as a busboy. Um, no, my first job after college, I was a restaurant manager in Washington D.C. Well, how about that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's quite a change from restaurant manager to headmaster, or, are, or is that different? It might be some of the same skills, perhaps. Yeah. Managing a restaurant, managing a school. Yeah, there are. There definitely you know, leadership. I think does translate. Um, you know, and it was a, it was a lot of fun. I, I was a I was a bartender while I was at in college, and that helped me pay for my room and board. My parents paid for tuition, and um, and so when I graduated from George Washington, the the restaurant offered me a job in management, and I took it. And I had I had a lot of fun and learned a lot for three years. But then I I realized that wasn't what I wanted to do long term, and and that's when I went to Japan to teach. What is the best career advice you ever got? Ah, uh, let's see. I would I would say. It was to, to be open about my own goals and dreams, be, to be open about my ambitions. You know, I think that when I, when I first um, started working in schools, you know, I, I sort of had this idea that I'd like to be one day be ahead of school. And I thought at first that I should kind of, you know, that was some kind of secret I needed to guard. Uh, it was actually Andy Vadney who told me, you know, you know, who maybe saw that in me and asked me about that and said, hey, if that's your goal, you should tell people about it. The more folks you tell and the more you explain your own personal ambitions, uh, the more stuff will happen. And he was right. Very good. And finally, uh, last question for you. You know, being head of school, obviously a very busy job. There's a lot of demands on your time. How do you balance all of the demands of this job um, with, with hobbies, mm. with friends, with family, with all the other things that are so important in life? Wow, yeah. Um, well, I guess... You know, at early on in my in, in my tenure as head, it was I had a hard time with that, and I, and I and I I guess prioritized work over family in some ways. Um, that wasn't sustainable, and I kind of I kind of realized that, and then it became kind of gaining more and more comfort with leaving the office, even when not all the jobs are done. You know, even when not everything that I had on my to do list that day is done, um, and just sort of being able to okay, it's time for me to go home now. And then, and then be present with my family when I'm home, you know? And I, I would say the same about work too, be, being present in both places has helped me kind of be more efficient at work. And then when I'm home, I'm actually home and I'm with my family, not thinking about work. Great. 
All right, Headmaster Trip Darren, thank you so much for being my guest on the show today. It's my honor, Pete. Uh, I just, you know, I just can't believe I'm only the second one. I, mean, I, thought, <laughs> I thought I'd be number one, but hey, that's fine. <laughs> Well, that's all we have for today. We'll be back next month with episode three, which will be all about college counseling at Blue Ridge. It will include plenty of tips for parents at all stages of the college search process. Mrs. Amber Wilkins, our college counselor, will be my guest. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Inside Blue Ridge School podcast. This show is produced by Mr. Mike Burris, and I'm your host, Pete Bonds. Please send me any feedback or questions you might have. You can always reach me at pbonds at blueridgeschool.com. Today you heard from my boss, and you also heard from his boss, but we will end the show with my favorite boss and the only boss I care about. Mr. I hate my boss, it's at the car wash.